Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and we're here today for the Friday Conversation, episode 53 or 54. I can't remember. Something over 50. I forget what it is. Uh, so we'll start off with some Five introductions. Five million. Yeah. Five million. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, Sadir, did you want to kick us off with an introduction, please? Sure thing. My name is Sadir Samir. I am the author of this book, The Crew. It's about these crazy individuals on the cover doing weird stuff in an Arab-inspired fantasy setting. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Nice. And Joao? Yeah, I'm uh, Joao F. Silva. Um, I'm the upcoming author of the Seeds of War, uh, which is the first book in the Smokesmiths uh, series that I'm debuting uh, at some point in early 2023. Nice. Congrats. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. And uh, Chris? Yeah, my name's Chris Mullen, occasional booktuber and here on Friday Night Conversations whenever Steve will have me, which thankfully is quite often. Um, and uh, lovely to meet a lot of these people for the first, first time, especially because a lot of these have been in the comments for a lot of weeks and stuff. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And Dirk? Oh, I am Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy and Knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's book one. Yeah. We were uh, we were talking before about because uh, we've been I've been trying to capture you for the to come on and things just keep not working out so I was a little nervous to invite you this time because I didn't want to be I don't want to like jinx you or anything so I was like I don't no you didn't want me to like, blow you off like a third time yeah. <laughs> sorry well, that that, that sorry too about yeah that. But, I didn't uh, yeah. I, it was all by accident no I'm glad you're able to make it I'm glad everything is everything is calm today so happy to be to here. So, Joao, how's the book coming along? What what, uh, what what are the updates? What are your how are things going for you? It's going really well. Um, I've I've just gotten some feedback from my editor actually, and and she's uh, she's giving me very positive feedback, and I hope that by the end of this week, the the edit is going to be complete, like a hundred percent complete. Mm -hmm. And so that I can start, you know, thinking about things like the advanced reader copies and start um, developing, a, you know, just a strategy in terms of uh, what I'm going to do with it from now on. I mean, I already have some some things lined up, some more uh, giveaways and things like that. But in general, I think the the hardest part has already been uh, back. Um, and I've already been kind of s trying to get started on the second book. I've already finished the first draft, so I'm 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 pretty much uh, in line with 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 the schedule that I had set for myself. Uh, so hopefully, uh, it I won't have any uh, things that stop it. Basically, yeah, no, it's going it's going pretty well. Yeah, good, very cool. Yeah, what's it what's have... it like being so close to the release day or to major milestones coming up uh it's it's to be honest it's very 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 exciting um i've been i've been sitting on this book for quite a while um i'm one of those people who tried to get uh to the query trenches uh and unsuccessfully in my case uh and i just decided self-publishing was probably the best thing i could do uh in the face of uh you know, all the all the rejections or the lack of interest that I was getting from traditional publishing, uh, but I've I've also found the the indie community just so friendly and so engaging and so 
helpful in pretty much every possible way. And, you know, I started talking to people and, you know, just talking with uh, not just other writers, but also reviewers and booktubers and things like that. And everybody was so encouraging. And I was like, well, maybe this is actually the, the right route for me. And, um, and I think, I think I've, I think that's, that's probably the, the right decision. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. And it's, um, I just, I just can't wait to get it out in the world and I can have finally people reading it out and, and telling me what they think, because I've, I first started writing this back in, uh, when, when the lockdowns were just starting in, in early 2020. So it's been, it's been quite a while and a lot has, has happened in my life since then. So it's quite happen It's quite interesting to, to, uh, finally have it out in the world. That's awesome. Now yeah. we've got you, we've got you fooled. It's all a con. <laughs> all any 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 advice. I mean, you should see the fucked up shit I told Sadir to do. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just sitting back. That is I mean, true. I would I would I would love to to hear what kind of fucked up stuff you told. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. It's exactly like you say. It's uh, like it's the most supportive community that you can find. It's uh, I'm so happy that I went this route. Uh, the best decision of 2023 easily and you did you did uh query a little bit i did query a little bit yeah i had a couple of full requests and a couple like i i had some good progress but like in the end i had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a traditionally published author and he was like you know that even if you get an agent like in four months you're not gonna see your book if they manage to sell it in like two years and something about that just hit me. I'm like, I'm not going to just sit on this book for like two years because I'm proud of this book. I've done the work. I'm ready to share it with the world. Uh, I've known people like Dirk and Rob J. Hayes and Michael R. Fletcher and a bunch of other indie authors for like six or seven years. And they're all doing great. They're all happy with the choices they have made. So I was like, fuck it. It's time to just like, uh, you know. Go for it. Go for it. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy with the decision. I could. Well, you've got a, You've got a unique background too. I mean, you're younger than me by a lot, but I'm 14 uh, years old. Yeah, but you've got, <laughs> but you've got, um, um, you've got production chops in video games and yeah. writing chops in video games, and you've been doing that kind of stuff professionally for some years. So, the. Uh, uh, and I kind of had, I had a film production background, a producing background and production yeah. managing. So all the little pieces that have to be pulled in and put together and done in a certain line yeah. might've been a little, a little more natural for us, but I can see how self-publishing would could can be really daunting for oh, somebody yeah. who's just going into it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you're finding, what is your background? Uh, so actually, I, I write as well for for my day job. It's not it's not fiction writing, but it's more like nonfiction and research and and things like that about renewable energy. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's I still write pretty much on a daily basis, and I think it has helped me quite a lot, just kind of developing my writing chops as well. Even though you know the vocabulary is quite different, it's very technical, uh, but but it's still I think it's still quite a quite an interesting. Uh, experience you know to to have but the the thing that in, in terms of the self-publishing uh 
route. The the thing that's more daunting for me is on the marketing side and like everything that needs to be done, you know, cover editing, like how to, it's basically becoming a project manager for yourself and mm, running yeah. your own company and being a writer at the same time. It and it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it it's, really it's chaotic. Is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be my question to all of us, especially those of you that have worked in like entertainment um, production lines beforehand, when obviously you were a cog in the wheel to now be the entire wheel. You know, as yeah. your appreciation for, for the other parts <laughs> and the other things that happened just went up, I would imagine by a lot. That's yeah. a really that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I've never heard that one. That's a good absolutely, one. absolutely. Like uh, as Dirk Shore has the same experience as me. Like there's so many hoops you have to jump through to get stuff made. So many people bore like uh, what do you call it? Like uh, boards of executives, you know, just having opinions and you know. They read an article saying that VR is the new thing, and then they come into the studio and they're like, "We should make a VR game," just because someone read something. You know what I mean? And like, so yeah, it's extremely liberating to just be able to have a vision and go for it. And uh, yeah, it's crazy good. And the response has been good. Your book has been out since when now? Uh, a little bit more than two weeks. Yeah. And so uh, I'm very much still a baby. Review, yeah, the reviews I'm seeing are are really, really sure. positive. Well, thank I, you. It seems to be doing really well so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's thank crazy. <laughs> it is. It is a crazy fucked up book, in the best way possible. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here laughing just thinking about all the goopy shit that thank goes you, on in that you. book. It's yeah. so much fun. Um, a really nice departure from. Um, from you know typical fantasy it's a real nice um <laughs> a real nice you know thing to read that's that's different and fresh and and kind of new even in the way he writes the uh the prose and the dialogue which mm-hmm. is uh which is much more contemporary which you don't see in fantasy and people will bounce i'm sure and will will freak out about that but fuck them they're not who you wrote it for, you know? <laughs> so Sadir wrote the book that he wanted to write. And when I was reading, reading an advanced uh, or beta reading, um, I, I could see him in every page and every line because I've known him for six years. And, uh, and it's just the sense of humor that comes out and uh, just the crazy shit that comes out of those people's mouths and they get get themselves into it's just nuts you're making me blush over here man <laughs> you should you should yeah. be blushing yeah. it's a, it's a wonderful debut honestly you are too kind you are too kind no Thank just you. being honest for once <laughs> <laughs> the last six years all lies tonight being honest. Yeah. <laughs> no but it makes me it makes me so happy to hear you say that you can see me on the page because that was one of the that was one of the defining things that made me think that I had something here because I had a couple of beta readers. So I wrote another novel before this one mm-hmm. that wasn't very good. I thought that I was going to publish that book and stuff, you know, but like it didn't have my voice and it was it was very generic. Yeah. It had some elements of my weirdness in it. Uh, one of the main POV characters was a frogman, uh, <laughs> a drunken frogman uh, with a tragic background. Uh, he would fit right in the crew. Yeah, he would. And uh, so I got the positive response to that character. People were like, this is weird. More of this. So when I wrote the second book, uh, or the crew, 
I had no plan going in, uh, no outline, nothing. I just sat down and I started writing and uh, the weirdness just came out on the page. So I sent a couple of early chapters over to some friends and they all said the same thing. Like if they know me well and know my sense of humor and stuff, uh, they were like, yeah, this is you. Like you somehow yeah. managed to capture that. And that's well, not going to be... That's not going to be for everyone, uh, obviously. Um, yeah. I think it's very much going to be a hate it or love it kind of situation based on the reviews that I'm getting. Uh, I've gotten a couple of one stars uh, calling it like crude and childish, which is it is. So, no, it I mean, it's fair to say that. To a certain extent. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. a real author now that you got the. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I, I kept telling him. Yeah, Dirk was waiting. Dirk was yeah. waiting for it. You're not you're not a real author until you get a really nasty review, one star yeah. review. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that nasty because it is true. I would also <laughs> like it is crude and it is childish, but like I marketed as Deadpool meets Kings of the Wild. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't even know why the guy read the book, to be honest with you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I've gotten the same thing. Just kind of like, why did they even yeah. start this, let alone finish it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Some people yeah. like to hate read. It's yeah. a hate reading is a real thing. Thank you, HC. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Say, <laughs> uh, uh, hate reading is a real thing. Yeah. They're not dolls. They're action figures, HC. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Look at the you... poses and everything, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I like all your dolls. <laughs> yeah. We're watching, for those of you who might not know, we're watching. Can they see these going across in the actual? Yeah, yeah, they can. Oh, on oh the, they can? Oh, on, okay. the on the audio, they won't. So, But oh, AC okay. uh, Newell commented, Sadir, I like all of your dolls. First, first, first said, uh, I like your dolls. Now it's, I like all your dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our friend Halo's here. Hey, Halo. Hello. Yeah, I saw hey. I saw me here pop up earlier. Mm -hmm. me I'm here. me here. Yeah. I always try to always try to corral me here too. It's he's hard to <laughs> he's hard to corral. It's hard to get. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna constantly be watching it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, jelly beans. And jelly beans red rising. Red rising. <laughs> red rising. Oh. Yeah, we just uh, we had a long conversation about Red Rising last week, and uh, yeah. HC gave in and decided to read it. Sounds like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I really actually uh, almost quit that book in the first few chapters. Oh. Uh, really? I, I thought. I thought. Well, I thought the style was harsh, and I really didn't like the main <laughs> character. Um. Or anybody else, uh, but then they got to the cutters. Mm. You guys know what that means, and uh, yeah, I've read, I've read the, and it, and it was just like boom, 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 all the way through the whole rest mm. of the trilogy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think the first few chapters are quite uh, different from the rest of the series, actually. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Aaron commented, uh, wouldn't expect anything less, Halo. Uh, P.S. You should start asking for a cut of from Pierce Brown for su such, such a great sales pitch. <laughs> Sold me I on think, it. I wasn't going to read it. Now I am. I think you guys yeah. mentioned it like six or seven times last Friday. 
maybe it might have been nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear more about Zhao's book. Mm. What is it? Why'd you write it? How long did it take? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a lot of questions. I'm just going to pick one of them, which is the. What kind of underwear are you wearing? Yeah. Uh, that one I'm just going to uh, <laughs> ignore. ignore. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, it's basically, I think I would pitch it as uh, adult epic fantasy. That's kind of the, the general blanket term, I would say. I think that the tone is a bit more leading towards grimdark, but I, I don't really like the the you know i don't really like the term that much i mean i use it sometimes but it's it's not my preferred uh term to use um but yeah i mean the characters are a bit flawed and you know i, don't, I wouldn't say they're very nice people like i wouldn't, wouldn't want to be friends with them um and i think i wrote i wrote the story because kind of had to you know it's like it's like one of those stories that you just have it in you and you need to get it out there's there's some things about uh you know things that you want to like process from your from your personal life and things like that and things that you want to have more control over that you can't control in your real life and things like that so mm -hmm. i think that's that's kind of where it came from um i actually had some ideas after reading the uh the ashen sand trilogy by richard nell mm -hmm. so that's kind of that that was actually that series was in in my in my head quite a lot when i was writing this this book i'm not saying it's a massive influence or anything like that but it's actually it is an influence to a certain degree in terms of the the scope and the, the kind of the ambition i would say mm -hmm. uh yeah mm -hmm. i don't know what else to say about it yeah so instead of grim dark it's more like grim dim or grim shady yeah i mean yeah i don't know who, i don't know who comes up with these all these variations like i've heard I just about made those right yeah, yeah you just made me. that no, yeah you just made that up well, somebody else because i've because i've heard about things like noble bright and like grim yeah. all these variations well, that you know, i just even, don't understand even, even like um even like mark lawrence um uh, Michael R. Fletcher, you know, some of the first people that really call, got called grimdark. Joe Abercrombie has said, um, you know, they've all said, we didn't, we'd never heard of anything called grimdark. We just thought we were writing a fantasy. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm sure uh, George R. R. Martin would probably say the same thing, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're like the big names we hear thrown around as far as like, yeah. The, the, quintessential the, grimdark yeah the term originally comes from warhammer 40,000 that's uh, where does it, it yeah yeah that's where it originates from like in you would know that yeah i'm a nerd you can see my room <laughs> <laughs> i know a bunch of stuff uh so i think it's like in the grimdark future or something it's like the opening line to introduce the setting of warhammer 40,000 and it's extremely okay. over the top and uh, yeah yeah i I don't think, and you guys can correct me, but like I don't think that authors are as focused on subgenres and stuff as readers and reviewers and the public are, because like we yeah. write stories and mm -hmm. you have like the broad category, like we all write fantasy in this group, uh, yeah. but then people, it makes it easier for readers to find books that suit their preference based on subgenres. But like, like you said, Joe Abercrombie, he has never like admitted or said that he thought he was writing a grim dark book or anything like that he was just thinking i'm writing fantasy my way you know and uh 
So yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever have, have a clear definition of grimdark or noble bright or whatever they're called. I think no, can, yeah. I think we can discuss yeah. that. Like there forever. just isn't. There isn't. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was actually like that for me as well. Like I think I, I thought I was just writing epic fantasy, and and I still think I am. But then when I started uh, sending the book out to beta readers and my critique partners and things like that, and they're like, "Oh, this is a bit dark, isn't it?" And I'm like, mm. "Is it?" Because mm. because you know the most most of the books that I read tend to kind of just be a bit darker, and I thought I was much less darker than them. Yeah. So, but apparently, yeah. you know, apparently not. So. I mean, I mean, it it can definitely help you as an author in how you market your book. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, I, if someone asks me what if about my book, I wouldn't say it's epic fantasy because it doesn't yeah. really fit into that category. You don't have multiple POVs in that sense. It's not like a global thing, uh, characters in different places and all of that. Like this is more, I I, I would say, and Dirk, I don't know if you agree or not, but like more towards sword and sorcery in terms of the pacing and the action mm -hmm. and like uh more pulp mm -hmm. would you agree about that yeah yeah i yeah. mean it's uh, it's um it is it's it's wacky fantasy comedy you know? yeah um, yeah but it is and i mean it has plenty of it's not just all goofy comedy it has some intense shit going on in there too um and uh, some pretty scary stuff and a lot of great action mm. um, with some scary. I mean, even even, you know, dough golems can be pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and weird touchy feely necromancers yeah. <laughs> can can do some really creepy stuff. <laughs> you guys are selling it really well i have to say <laughs> well what's i want to know what is your uh because you're gonna have to work on this so you might as well do it right now in front of <laughs> thousands of people thousands yes. um what is your hook because you know sadir wanted to work on his for a while so you can get a pretty good idea about what his is when he says deadpool meets kings of the wild that's one way to do it but it's also you know, uh, uh, an ensemble of wacky misfit fighters that, that are trying to save this uh, kingdom in a kind of a Middle Eastern setting. Um, so, how would you how would you sell sell that to us? And I hate it when people ask me that question. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> brutal, man. You're I'm being brutal. Still <laughs> terrible I mean, it's, about uh, it. For me, I think I think the the. Uh, Part of the reason why I might have not done so well in querying must must have been because of my lack of ability to distill the book into like two or three words or like a, a, a minimal sentence. I mean, I would say that the the hook is is kind of like the concept for the characters. So I would say like the so you have three main viewpoint characters, and one of them is a single mother and war veteran who is uh, now a crime boss. And you have I'm the second already one. interested. There you go. Yeah, and you uh, have the second one who's a petty thief that is turning into a con man who's running a very long con, pretending that he's God, essentially. <laughs> okay. And the third character is a very old and jaded mercenary who's promised to retire, but he still has one job left to do. So th those are the three main uh, point of view characters, and then they will have their own story storylines and. Uh, the storylines will intersect at a certain stage. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Like again, like no, this that's took way good. too long to explain. Yeah. 
No, no, I should have I should have explained that's it into the like kind a sentence of stuff or two, I would but, expect yeah. to see in the uh, description on Amazon. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm already intrigued. Yeah. yeah. I mean the the good the good thing about having like a comparative title or titles is just to give a sense. You know, it's not I mean my book isn't Deadpool, right? But like I'm trying to grab onto something that will give people a sense of the humor, right? Because mm -hmm. it's definitely not Terry Pratchett. If you go in expecting it's like Terry Pratchett, you're going to be fucking disappointed. Mm -hmm. So Deadpool is the closest thing that I could find. Yeah. Uh, and, Kings and it's of excellent. The really? Yeah. yeah, thanks. And Kings of the Wild uh, was probably the first modern fantasy book that I read in recent years that had a lot of comedy elements mm -hmm. in it. And it was a huge success. And that kind of opened mm -hmm. the door for me thinking that... Well, Maybe people will like. Maybe there's a place for this out there. And 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 economics too has done Orkonomics extremely well. well, which yeah. is also yeah. also a much funnier. Kind yeah, of, I would kind probably I, I'd probably call economics more of a satire. Would you, yeah, would you, yeah, right? yeah. Than a comedy. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. My book is like, and Kings of the Wild has way more heart than depth than my book, in my opinion. My book is like Kings of the Wild and Cocaine, maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe that's more, maybe that's more, <laughs> maybe that's more suitable. Yeah. And a little, and a, and a little bit of acid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a drug cocktail, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Kings, of what... Wild, Kings of the Wild on acid. In it, on acid, me. okay, yeah, all right. Acid and crack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. I don't want crack. <laughs> acid was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather. I'd rather go with acid. <laughs> crack Steve, feels Steve I really want you to go in and just get that little snippet, and we're gonna create a meme. Of oh yeah. Sadir just saying, yeah. I don't want crack. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna put it everywhere over so all over social media. That's it. Five stars. That's a hell of a blurb. Yeah. AC had a question for Sadir. How many Easter eggs do you have in the crew, and which was were your favorites to add? I have a lot of Easter eggs. I have no clue how many though. Probably, let's see here. A couple of people have found a couple of fun ones. Uh, I don't want to give them away, though. Um, I have one that not a lot of people have picked up on that is an Easter egg to French Prince and Bel Air. If you guys remember that show. Mm -hmm. I'm a 90s kid, right? So I have a lot of stuff from <laughs> the 90s and 19s show. You got Seinfeld in there. You got mm -hmm. the show Friends. Yeah. You'll see how I pull it, if I manage to pull it off or not. But like, uh, yeah, good. yeah, Final Fantasy, a bunch of other video games. Yeah, the ones I the ones I got are laugh out loud. Funny. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm sure I did not get them all. I'm an '80s kid. You're an '80s kid. Yeah, <laughs> '70s and '80s. Actually. Yeah, I don't think I have any '70s or '80s references in my book. Back, back to the thing about genre, though, as a reader, one of the things I find really hard is when a book's been sold a certain way, and I'm like 10 chapters in, and we're going, I don't see it yet. And like, yeah. you've missed the fact that you really enjoy the characters, you really enjoy the world, but you're like, but it's not that thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's it's just that, yeah. that setup 
part of it yeah. of of the say oh look that same for if somebody calls it grimdark you're like yeah i mean sort of yes and you're mm. always trying to define it because you're like oh god if i'm going to describe this to somebody else it's the same problem as passing it on from the author if i'm going to describe this to somebody else what am i going to yeah. say about it you know other than say what i should say which is it's got really good defined characters that are really enjoyed reading that have a really nice yeah. story arc that you know that kind of stuff that, that actually really matters mm. that that is a problem though mm. if a book is missold um yeah. There have been books that I've read where they weren't at all what, and it happens. And I, but I've only ever noticed this honestly with some trad pub books mm-hmm. that it's just not at all what the cover looks like and what they say it is. Mm. Um, I'm like, why? Why didn't they just sell it as what it is? But there, don't don't you have kind of an interesting backstory when it comes to the Paternus trilogy because that oh, felt yeah. groundbreaking in terms like you couldn't really pin it down. Yeah. Uh, I I never thought about what I was writing as I was writing it. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about urban fantasy. I just wanted to do something contemporary mm. uh, that takes place today in this world um, yeah. uh, with a lot of holy holy shit what the fuck what if kind of stuff in it (laughs) with gods and monsters from mythology um and tie them all together and have that kind of you know uh step up where you've got these really powerful characters and they run into one that can just trash that one and then they run into one that can just trash all them yeah um that kind of thing and um i i I, so in fact this is why i'm bit uh, like i i was uh, on Sadir about this and why I was asking you, um, Joao, the because uh, I didn't even put a genre in in my description, and I had no this meets that in my description, hmm. and it wasn't until I I uh, I put that in, and this was before the the new cover came out that I put in that it's epic urban fantasy yeah, because that's what people kept telling me it was. And then, um, and people might've been going, what, what is that? Um, but then I put in uh, first, I mean, the one that's been up for years is the uh, Avengers meets American God or American gods meets the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw an immediate difference. An immediate difference in sales because then Mm. people could see at least kind of what it was, right? Um, So that that helped a lot, which is kind of why I've been, you know, kind of hammering that. Um, That that beautiful cover didn't hurt for sure. The new one, yeah, the 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 one that's on it now, yeah, I, I really lucked out with that with that artist. And he's moved way beyond us now. He's doing subterranean press, press special editions yeah, for Joe Abercrombie's latest trilogy. Yeah, you know? excellent. Yeah. Um, you were the first to use him, right? No. No, uh, Mike, Fletcher Mike, Mike yeah, Fletcher yeah. used That's him right. on Ghost, Ghosts of Tomorrow. And I actually have a picture of that cover up there. And I was that like, that is, is amazing. Yeah, that. Who yeah. is that guy, Mike? And he said, mm-hmm. I'm not telling. Yeah. <laughs> but it turned out he was a relation of his like a Ooh, second sick. married to a second cousin yeah. or something like that young young artist right out of art school um, john, D- D- john john D- anthony D- Giovanni. there you have it uh, yeah that's and the name. uh so he gave me his number and, and um 
and mine was the second book cover that he ever did. And mm -hmm. now he gets hired by trads and, and, and has been hired by trads to do covers yeah. and been doing all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, he, uh, he did all three of my books and, um, he's, uh, he's just so incredibly talented and super easy to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's just one of those rare, one of those yeah. rare finds. But the way it always works is, is, is artists get then more famous and get well known and then they can get paid more and more power to them. I want them to, but I can't afford them anymore. So then, <laughs> or they get too busy and they're yeah. like two years out. And I wow. love that. I love to see that happen. And I love to be able to say, I had him way yeah. back when he was. Yeah, but, but he's also using your work for his showcase as well, Dirk. So you know, yeah, even even the fact that he's going around pitching himself, he's saying, "Here is my body of work." Yeah, and somebody goes, "What's what's that book?" Related my to, covers you know? are on his sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our so part of his portfolio. Yeah, yeah. No, it's That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I just want to mention something because we touched upon it earlier, like how supportive the indie communities and stuff, and. For me and Zhao, uh, you know, we're the newbies, right? But like Dirk and some other people, you guys had to do this like when when we didn't have this community in place, I would say, in the same way. Like you had to figure out a lot of shit. I didn't know own. anyone. I yeah. didn't know anyone until yeah. until it started to get some legs in the SPFBO. Because I yeah. entered it in the SPFBO in May of 2016. Yeah. Like two days or the day that i that it appeared on amazon because you have to had to have it out yeah. and i was like the last in the last two or three people that got in before the 300 deadline yeah um yeah. and it wasn't until then that i started to meet people at yeah. all yeah and i remember looking on twitter all these authors talking to each other going oh i wish i knew somebody <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it seems kind of goofy now but it still amazes me how many people that i'm talking to you know it just still thrills me and i get a grin when i get responses from from you know anthony ryan and yeah. and rj barker and mark lawrence and you know mr carey yeah you know it just it just blows me away that i can still go to conferences and see all these people that i know and talk to them online and and uh and you know anna stevens and anna smith spark and just it goes on and on i'm sure i'm yeah. missing a ton yeah. but those are the trad pubs and then but indies i know far far more and better um yeah. for the most part yeah but like I just wanted to mention that because you guys laid the groundwork like for the next generations to come in a sense. You know what I mean? Like there's so many resources, so many people now that I know that I could ask that have done this before, you know, and everybody's so incredibly helpful. So like I can't imagine doing this like I think Rob J. Hay started in 2012 or something. Yeah, like, he he and um and like there was um, no information how to do anything. No, and time, David Estes I mean. and like Phil Tucker were yeah, all real well, right? early yeah. on and they were yeah. just like totally yeah. flying by the seats of their pants. And um look at them now. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we're incredibly lucky just to be in the like in the time that we're in right now, releasing our books and finding like uh, you know joining Discord servers and the podcasts like this and stuff like that wasn't even a thing. 
you know, six or seven yeah. years ago. So, yeah. Very, very little of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think it's sort of different landscape when you go, if you were Tradpub, for instance, you're releasing your market or your book into a market that wants to be critical of your book. Whereas I would say the communities that we all kind of push in now just want to read more good books. I mean, that's, that's really, really what's going to happen there. So that they're kind of rabid for, well, what's your book about? Would I like it? Is it like this other thing that are, it just kind of keeps on pushing it around and it's not to, to rip them apart or kind of say, oh, this is whatever. It's very much, I need more stories. Stories yeah. are good. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and also the relationship between readers and indie authors, it's much closer. You know what I mean? Uh mm. Some traditionally published authors, like they're not accessible at all. You know, they have either they've chosen to do it that way or they've gotten too big to be able to do it that way. So, like, I think that's one of the coolest thing about being an indie author mm -hmm. is the connection to the readers. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, because it really is a lovely community. And I think it's a shame some traditionally published authors don't get to feel that. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. they only see like their fans at conventions and stuff, but like, yeah. yeah 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 and i think the i think the uh, the closeness with the blogging community and, and booktubers and stuff like that also helped uh distill a lot of the prejudice that was around like there's this idea that indie books were all like bad and, and there's no way to vet the good from the bad and you know like and i think i think the the, the community that's adjacent to the readers and writers also really helped with that you know, like you, you guys, like like YouTubers and bloggers and stuff like that, really, really help uh, put b good books on the map. You know, like I mean, I think the the reason I started find, finding indie books and a lot of them much better than the trad book, the trad books I was reading, was because I was start paying attention to what people like Steve were saying on on YouTube and and stuff like that. So I was like, well, there's a, there's a, a whole world of indie books out there and. You know, it's just it's just a shame that the the exposure is still not at the same level as the traditional publishing. Yeah, yeah. it's well. I mean, it depends on where you're looking. If you're looking at Amazon, yeah, the exposure is there. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, the it's almost like the ocean of readers of fantasy on Amazon, and it's particularly in Amazon KDP, uh, is bottomless. I mean, mm -hmm. books. Um, David Estes, um, who any trad pub reader would never have heard of, and a lot of indie readers probably never have heard of, but he has had books selling way in the high ranks, his first series, the Fate Mark series, for years and years and years, and it, and then he'll get a book bub, and then suddenly he's got a shitload more sales and reads, yeah. and it's like, it's bottomless. There are new readers coming in, and so many that you know, books can hang on in the indie sphere for a long time. So they are, they can get some serious exposure to readers. They just don't in the in the critical circles or the mainstream media mm, mm. or or you know even will white who's starting to get the attention of some people but talk about selling a lot of books yeah. <laughs> just I mean, unbelievable. He's, a, he's a new york times bestseller right yeah he's hit yeah. number one on amazon three times now yeah. maybe more yeah. yeah yeah i mean and that's that's insane 
Yeah, that is <laughs> that is insane. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Did have a question from Aaron? Uh, how would you sum up your sense of humor, Sidir? <laughs> oh boy, how would I? How would I sum it up? Yeah, it's. I mean, Dirk, help me out here, man. How do we? How do uh, we... I mean, it's just. It, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say. Uh, it's it's uh, his characters. Some of them just have no filter. They have no filter. They just say what pops into their head. Mm-hmm. And um, and Sadir has a filter. But I do. Yeah, you have a filter when you're supposed to. Yeah. But when it's just a bunch of buddies sitting around talking, you say some really funny shit that comes out <laughs> of left field. It's not like incredibly grotesque or 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 really bad or anything. Yeah. It's because it comes mm-hmm. way out of left field and just blindsides you yeah that's 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 I, and, and really creative thanks yeah thank you what what i can say it's not your tip like one thing that i'm afraid of uh, a bit when i say it's a humorous book or stuff it's like that people would make the assumption that it's a bunch of dick jokes and like adolescent <laughs> humor i don't like that stuff i'm not a fan of stuff like that so it's mm-hmm. it's not in that direction at all it is like it is uh it's crazy it's 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 weird. It's crazy and weird, and you will know from the first chapter one hundred percent if you're in or not. Mm. That much I can confidently tell you. Like, mm-hmm. if you, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. You will, you will know. You will know what you're in for, and either yeah, you're, you're on board or you're not. Yeah, and that's important. One of the one of the earliest lessons that I learned that worked really well for me is that in the first chapter or two, you you're basically. T- uh, telling them what they're going to read and teaching them how to read it, yeah, um, yeah. with your style and uh, and the tone and the um, prose and everything else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the first impression that you do on a reader, right? And mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, like everyone is limited on time these days. You want to be upfront with this is so like you're not wasting someone's time and and all of that uh, yeah. as well. So uh, I, th- I think it's very important for us authors to establish the tone, establish like what what is this? You know what I mean? And not uh, I think it's better to have people bow out, you know, earlier. Uh, if it's not for them rather than like mm-hmm. getting 200 pages in and then suddenly something happens that completely shifts you know uh, I've seen I've read some books that do that that try to catch the reader by surprise and it can misfire badly when you try and mm-hmm. do it that way so yeah yeah I would agree I think the tone is like one thing that it needs to be consistent pretty much from beginning to end like if you're if you're promising something and then you're delivering something else then it's, it's yeah. a recipe for disaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. It comes back to that uh, thing you talked about earlier on, which is the fact. And doing streams like this, when you get to know people, and then you read their work, and you make yeah. the direct connection. You know, you can you can <laughs> you can see exactly. I, I I could read another book, and you could not tell me who it was written by, and I would know it was that that author, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. very very clearly. And even within two books, you've you've got that voice. And I think I put this in the post on page two on the forum about mm-hmm. uh, trad versus versus indie the experience of reading something that was unfiltered you know that was in your head for mm-hmm. instance and mm-hmm. this is what you wanted to write without somebody kind of taking it apart and going well maybe you should change that or tone that down or bring that up you get much more fresh experiences you know you get mm-hmm. you get things that are very 
very different than you would read necessarily in, in trad. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the bit that is really to be celebrated. Yeah, I, there are but there are plenty of books that not plenty. I mean, there are books that I will read that overall I might not like it, but I love it because yeah. they tried something different, yeah. and and it worked on a certain level, and yeah. that should be applauded. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a film guy, so indie films were what I was always looking for. I wanted to see something new and different and strange. And that's that's a lot of the reason that I read too. So it's really fun to read to to find things like that. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting because for me, like the the process of writing itself, it's like trying to I always find myself balancing um something that's going to appeal to the readers that because it's familiar enough, but not too familiar like something that's mm -hmm. I'm, like yeah. I'm, i feel like i have to be adding something different something new mm. and i think it's it's quite a quite a difficult balance to to get right i think some people really you know bet on themselves and they go like full out full on uh new stuff and others are a bit more conservative and just say no this works people like to read this mm. and they just kind of stick to what's already working mm -hmm. and it, it, I, I actually wanted to ask both of you like if it's a uh, where do you fall on that spectrum between like innovation and and like sticking to something that's already working and it's already like a proven something that's you know just working properly for the readers well i mean i would say sadir's a free spirit and i'm just a dick um <laughs> i wanted to write you know i looked into trad pub and uh, at that time there was still kind of a stigma for indie and uh, i just decided and friends said yeah they'll change all that um and <laughs> poor, poor Steve. <laughs> and uh and so oh, i mean because i wrote i didn't even know if i wanted to publish uh mm. these books um so i just wrote the books that i wanted <clears throat> to write i want the way i wanted to write it and i wanted to use per first person because i like that immediacy and that urgency to first person mm. um and there you there, you should see the reviews from people um uh people that don't like first person i don't give a shit you know yeah. and, and uh and i wanted to uh uh do it in um in uh third person omniscient um which meant that i go i i use like a i i use my camera analogy and a camera can be way back you know and then it can cut in to different mm -hmm. characters and it's never just a single POV unless you're like watching Halloween through the eyes of Michael walking through a kitchen with a knife, you know? Um, so I wanted to make it more like that in a kind of a true cinematic way. So, so I do what people call head hopping. Um, and I try to be more careful with it. And I was a little more careful with it with books two and three. Um, but, and I won't do it in the same paragraph but it will, without a break, jump from one character's thoughts to the next. Yeah. Um, and some people bounce fast off of that. But I wanted to do that. Um, and these books used to be written like that all the time. Yeah. 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 It wasn't yeah. until the 70s and 80s that, that this tight third that I found. I still love tight third books, but I found that the vast majority of books were being written that way. And I found it really limiting and I wanted to try something else. If yeah. this person's thinking that I want to know how the other person's reacting to the same insane thing that's happening in front of them. 
and I don't want to have to put a, you know, a, 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 a space between those when it's only maybe two lines. Mm. Um, so I just, I just didn't. Um, and some people bounce off that, but um, some people celebrate it. And uh, I didn't think, I would, didn't know if anybody would like it. So, yeah. So I just did what I wanted to do and fuck everybody. So, yeah, I was, I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and Sadir didn't do it that way. He's just a free spirit and, and was just being himself and having fun. I mean, if we're using that an analogy, like I did the same thing, basically. Like I just went yeah. with it, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think <clears throat> I don't think you are being fair to yourself uh, because like clearly there is an audience for your books because they're hugely popular. And uh, so I think that like <clears throat> you just didn't have to stick to those restraints that the modern publishing industry has made the standard of the uh, limited third person point of view right you decided to do things your way and clearly it worked and you see that often in more corporate structures like they don't really know what works and then when it works they find it you know they're like oh we should also do that you know but they don't want to be the ones taking the risk and yeah. doing that yeah yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. the difference like uh, when you see like innovative movies, innovative video games and stuff like uh, the ideas are out there, but it's depending on what structure you're in. If like the leadership are willing to take a chance on that or if mm -hmm. they want to try and reel it in and do something more safe, yeah, so yeah. to speak. And uh, so I think that you wrote the book that you wanted to write. And I think that like your love for mythology and all of that stuff really came through. And that's at the core of your trilogy right yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it makes it a very unique <coughs> it makes it a very unique dirk ashton book <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean See, and now I, i'm blushing no but i mean that is the that is the truth and and i think that is the key and what is so lovely about creating stories because we're all mm -hmm. unique individuals right we all have mm -hmm. something that makes us us right mm -hmm. and when you can find that as a storyteller then uh, you can make something that feels just like it's it's your thing. It's authentic. It's authentic, yeah. It, like you, yeah. Can, like you know, like I have assassins in my book, and the plot itself is really stereotypical. Like it's about a group of people taking down this uh, tyrannical ruler, right? There's nothing innovative about the plot itself, but yeah. the way the story is told is through the twisted mind of this individual sitting right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing's so that, new. Hmm. Nothing is new. No, exactly. Sun. Nothing is new. But it's sprinkled yeah. with Sadir Samir, you know, spices. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, I bring, that I bring to the table. Yes. Yeah. If so that's fine, Swedish, Middle Eastern spices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at all the chefs around the world. They always come up with new dishes, right? But yeah. they still use the it's basic perfect. ingredients that we're all used to, right? But they find something that they add. And that I think is what makes books a slightly there. different way of preparing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely, exactly, absolutely. Yeah, but at the base, yeah, that's... but at the base level of it, it is like the same thing, right? It's yeah. the same yeah. plot, it's the same tropes being used, but then you find ways to do it. Yeah. Well, this this you know, it, it is true that there is a lot of garbage in 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 indie publishing because anyone can publish, right? But the quality has come up and up and up and up and up and up just since I started. I mean, it's just amazing the books that are yeah. every well, every bit as well writ written and edited and proofed as anything Absolutely. out in trad. Absolutely. And I see a lot of mistakes in trad books lately, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
but uh, but that's the true joy of indie, like indie film, right? It was is that is that um, you know there are books like like Sadir's or especially like mine, like my buddies who are writers, um, uh, who read it very very early on in like 2014, 2015, were like, if you go trad, they won't let you do present tense. And you're not going to be able to do this, this third person omniscient, they're going to change all that. And then that, you know, pretty much this, and they like, but we love it the way it is, because hmm. it's, because it's different. Yeah. Um, and you just won't, you just, it's so rare anymore to see, um, you know, like a Kerouac published, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in trad or, or some of the early, really fantastic groundbreaking um authors you just don't just you just don't see it that much yeah. today yeah absolutely but you do I see it in indie yeah you do see yeah. it in indie yeah and, uh, and dirk we know that you have uh you have way cooler people to hang out with than us and uh, <laughs> no, that's not true <laughs> <laughs> bunch of losers <laughs> Now, see, they will never see this because they're not nerdy as I am, but um, they're nerdy in other ways. So I'm just going to say, guys. Um, are you going to go win some money uh, now? I'm. I hope to. I hope yeah. to go, nice. go win some money. Po poker night tonight. Thank you, everybody. This has been awesome. I wish I could stick around. Thank no, you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. Take care. Uh, John had a comment. Uh, not an author until that one star review is anything about something stupid and pointless. Like I hated that the hero sits down to pee. Worst book ever. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Halo mentions uh, John. So true. Uh, one star hated the MC's eyebrows. <laughs> one star. Yeah. 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 You want to reach that. You want to reach that level, you know, like uh, when you can use those one-star reviews as marketing material, For right? Sure. That, uh, yeah. You know, that's when you're immune to it at that point. For me, it still hurts, I have to admit. Like, it's not fun seeing a one-star review. Uh, and the logical side of my brain can be like, yeah, but, you know, it isn't for everyone, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I have a heart and, you know, like it hurts. Something you worked really, really hard on. You, you put yourself out there and somebody's like, this sucks. You're like, okay. You know, and you're gonna have a bad day. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm only human. <laughs> yeah, I think for I think sure. for indies, the 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 ratings are actually much more important because, you know, people have to look at the ratings to decide if they want to uh, pick up a book or not. And yeah, yeah, you know, if you get flamed by like countless one star reviews or people are just trolling, it's yeah. just it's just not fun. Yeah, thankfully we don't see a lot of that, right? Uh, yeah, thankfully, yeah. Yeah, it's a strange one. I remember first seeing Sadir. I think it was Mahir put up the cover of your first Sadir. And then I would yeah. say within the next week, I must have seen that cover 20, 30, 30 times. Hmm. You know, and you're like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is this book? You know, yeah. you're not even you're not even starting from the review. You're starting from right. Lots of people are reading this and I'm talking about it. So it's like, right now, delve into the blurb if you want at that stage. Mm. But the review comes later because. There's not that many of them about. It's nice, you know, when it's only been a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Aaron had a question. Any authors that do you feel have influenced you, uh, Joao and Sadir? 
You want to go first? It's very tricky. Um, I feel very easily influenced by by writers, especially if I'm reading it a lot at the same time. So mm. something kind of in my brain just starts absorbing what 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 I'm reading and kind of trickling down that into my writing. Um, I would say Joe Abercrombie is 100% one of my main influences. Mm. Although I tried not to write like him, I, I wish I did, uh, but but I, I you know I have, I'm not even close to that. Um, Mark Lawrence, I would say. Uh, I, I have some influences of, of um, Brendan Sanderson as well, as well, especially when it comes to like the magic systems. I'm a bit of a magic system nerd, mm-hmm. and I think the, the 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 first the first time I even came came across my book is like how how could I compare this to anything else out there? I was I was thinking about the snarkiness and the kind of like the the kind of grim, dark uh, uh, tones of the Joe Abercrombie books, and a bit mm. of the magic systems for for Brendan Sanderson. So it's kind of a mesh of the two. Yeah, uh, I, I would say those are probably the strongest influences. But I've I've also read a lot of really really good indie books uh, in the past few years. I mentioned earlier the the Ash and Sand trilogy by Richard Nell. I think it's one of the, especially the first one, Kings of Paradise, really stuck mm. with me. Yeah, really, really like strongly in the first uh, the first time I read it, and it's yeah. and then it just went on from there. I'm I'm also really like Peter McLean, Michael R. Fletcher. Um, yeah, mm. just, yeah, just goes from there. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's it's one of the work hazards of being an author. Like uh, reading other fantasy books can mess with the voice in your head. You know your writing style. So, unfortunately, I read less fantasy books these days. I read more thrillers. I read more psychological <laughs> like not because I don't want anything to come into my brain because yeah. it can easily happen, right? Uh, and also, so yeah, unfortunately, it comes with the territory. Uh, thank you, Bo. Uh, uh, the question was, what were the inspirations? So I'm not very much inspired by other authors i'm more inspired by like uh, comic books uh, video games uh, tv shows movies those are truly my inspiration for for uh, for creating stories i'd say uh, and then i just and then i just chose to use like novels and books as the format to tell my stories but i've heard mm-hmm. some people say that my book could easily be like a comic book or stuff like that you know and that would be cool one day if someone mm-hmm. <laughs> wants to do that uh, so yeah I, I would probably say those things are my bigger inspirations rather than other authors or other books I wondered if if you uh, reading thrillers because comedy is a, a lot about timing. You have to have mm-hmm. the right timing for comedy. Does does reading thrillers help you with in that in that regard of having the kind of the the timing to have jokes at certain events? Uh, I think you give me too much credit uh, about uh, having like a thoughtful pro- having like a thoughtful process. No, the thing is this: when I'm not doing a podcast, and I'm not a bit shy as I am at the moment. Like I am kind of a jokester. I I've always been a jokester since I was young. Always getting in trouble in school for talking too much, making the other students laugh, stuff like that. Uh, always like I used to draw weird paintings that people loved. I used to create stories. Um, when I was young, that would catch the attention of the other students, so they stopped listening to the teachers. 
<laughs> it just took me like 30 years to find that that thing was my thing and uh, I did not have that at all in the first book uh, my first book was I would say like a mixture of just other authors that I loved at that point in time so it didn't bring any new, anything new or fresh to the table and that's why the reception was like yeah, it's okay you know but that's not good enough you're not you're not aiming for okay with, with when you're making your debut uh, you want to put yourself out there. And for me, so finding the weirdness in me that I've been with me my whole life and putting that on the page was the key. So I don't know, Steve, uh, that's an interesting question, but I think you give me too much credit, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> uh, Joao, can't, really, can't wait to hear more about your book and the blurb. It's a little, I'm a little behind on comments, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, so I, I posted the blurb, I think, on Twitter, Instagram, like basically all my socials. I think it's already available. Uh, so yeah, you can you can probably very easily find it. Um, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah, characters sound like an interesting. Yeah, they do sound like an interesting bunch. I love the old, worn down characters that are just one more, you know, one more job, one more. Yeah. One more yeah. quest and yeah. then I'm out or you know, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think I think one of my main main ideas, especially in the beginning when I was deciding, okay, like who who do I want to make my main three characters? And I was so tired at that point of like chosen ones, like teenagers saving the world and it's like, you know, just just the stereotypical fantasy characters. And I thought, well, single mothers, I haven't seen any depiction of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen old people get being protagonists either. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, geriatric uh, chosen ones, if you, if you will, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen anyone who is uh, like a con man, like actually doing things in a way that's rather smart or dumb at certain stages. But I, I, I thought it was an interesting mix of characters. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, John mentions I was sold on the crude things to Fazilla Reads. She's such a great book reviewer. Uh, second that. Yeah, uh, Fazilla has a great channel. Everyone should go check check out that channel. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to Fazilla if she is watching. Uh, she she did an amazing review for the crew early on uh, on her on her YouTube channel, and I was just smiling my way uh, through the whole thing. She used up so many different memes <laughs> while she was going through <laughs> the events of the book, and it was just it matched perfectly. So yeah, she did an amazing job. Uh, hello, Leila. Hey, Leila. Hey, Leila. Hey. Uh, thank you, John, for the uh, the chat. Uh, boss makes a dollar, I make a dime, so I read the crew on company time. Nice. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. That's the way to go. Mm -hmm. And HC, I, I feel like the indie community is really tight-knit because we all rely on each other to succeed. Readers, reviewers, writers, we all understand the works and passion that goes into what we do. That's very well yeah. put. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, we can't do, me and Zhao, we can't do what we do. I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name, it feels like. Uh, no, no <laughs> we can't do what we can't do what we do without the support of reviewers and bloggers and all of that. Like, honestly, we couldn't do it. No one would know about our stuff. It would just be thrown out into a void, you know? So, like, mm, it's yeah. so important. Uh, yeah. I mean, community has everything in the indie in the indie space. I think, like, without community, like, without being able to not just reach out to others, but just finding, you know, reviewers and bloggers, like, it just, it's just, I don't think it just would be possible to to no. reach the any kind of heights in, in yeah. terms of visibility. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I do think we all uh, kind of understand what goes into it, but we all root for each other, even if, um, you know, we all want each other to, we all want everyone to succeed. There's no, uh, yeah. you know, we all want to lift each other up. So that's, yeah. that's good. For sure. Yeah. Very welcoming community. <laughs> Lana's here. What a great Lana. Hey, Lana. Hi. <laughs> Mihir can attest to Sidir's wacky sense of humor. BristolCon 2002 was a ton of fun, thanks to him. Thank you, Mihir. I'm glad I you missed had a that good one. Time. That looked yeah, like you... a real fun event. <laughs> BristolCon Bristol is, is absolutely amazing. I would recommend anyone from our community to try and go at least once. It's I started going in 2015, I think. Uh that's when I started traveling to England uh, when I didn't know anyone. Actually, I just went by myself. Uh, it feels so weird now. But like, since I'm based in Sweden, right? So there's no SFF community over here and I write books in English. So I had to broaden my horizon to get out there. And the first couple of trips was super weird because I didn't know anyone. Uh, but then you start meeting people and making friends and... Uh, BristolCon is an annual thing, uh, and it's usually the same group of people, and then new people come, and it's just the best of times. So, uh, Chris, you're in Ireland, right? I'm in Northern Ireland. There's actually BristolCon's quite good for me because there are direct flights to Bristol. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for okay. for me. So actually, it's one of those ones where sometimes you go like Nottingham or something. If something's mm -hmm. around there, like right after fly to there, yeah, and then arrange transport. And at that point, I'm like, oh, this is now a hassle. But actually, Bristol, yeah, it's fine. There's no real excuse for me, you know, going forward. So uh, you I should come. You should definitely yeah, come. Sure. Next. Yeah, definitely in 2020. Same I thing went with... last year, but but uh, I think it was still a bit weird because of COVID and mm. it's like oh, people masking yeah. up and stuff like that. So. You know, it was like you, like I, I was, I went there by myself. I didn't know anybody at the mm. time and you know, I didn't even have a book out. Like it wasn't even close to being out. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always a bit like, who, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's but, definitely, uh, yeah. 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 No, I had the same. Uh, unfortunately, I missed last year because of COVID, right? I think uh, the restrictions yeah. were still in, in place. Uh, so yeah, the trip I made this October was the first one since 2019. Uh, but otherwise, like I go every year, at least once or twice to the UK uh, to, to attend different cons and stuff because it's so much fun and meeting up with everyone and and eating a full English breakfast. <laughs> That's really important. It's more important to eat the full English breakfast than it is to meet the friends. Definitely the um, the lesser of the Irish breakfast, I have to say. There's a very... <laughs> this beans thing is not, it just doesn't sit well with me. So, oh, really? <laughs> okay. yeah. I, did, I did try the Irish version when we went to Dublin as well. You had the... What's it called? The blood... Uh... Oh, yes. The, the, well, the black pudding, white pudding, black which pudding. sometimes just put on uh, English breakfast as well. But yeah, the, yeah, we... the Irish one's a lot meat and bread. It's very yeah, meat and bread. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we eat the black pudding here in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, so I like it, but I know yeah. that for some people, it's weird, but I do like it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, fried breakfasts in general are just great. So they're, yeah. you know, they're just yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely <laughs> very hard to pass up. <laughs> so, so what is an what is a what's the difference difference between an English breakfast and a <sighs> Scottish breakfast? What's the an Irish breakfast? Well, the English breakfast. I mean, you can just put it very simply as beans, but uh, an English breakfast <laughs> sometimes have chips. It can have. It usually has a bit more vegetable on it, so they might have the. Um, like fried mushrooms yeah or or tomato one where the ice breakfast is very much potato bread soda bread two types of bread that you don't find anywhere else in the world 
Soda bread, soda bread is delicious. Just yeah, saying. It's very, it's very uh, paddy kind of bread, so it kind of soaks up a lot of the uh, the juices of stuff, especially egg yolks. It's yeah. great for dipping uh, egg yolks into. And then you have your sausage bacon and vegetable roll, which I don't think you get anywhere else. Now, you don't always get it here either, but it's uh, it's like a very like sausage meat with onions. It's very spicy. It's uh, yeah. okay. It's real nice. Oh God, I'm hungry. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got hungry too now. Yeah, now this conversation. Yeah, no, I'm hungry too. Yeah, yeah. I would eat the full English breakfast every day if I could, and then I would die yeah. at age fifty, probably. But like, uh, maybe worth it. Yeah. yeah, maybe worth it. Uh, Bo commented, "We need that meme gift to be of Dirk saying I'm a dick, and Sidir saying I don't want crack." <laughs> I would agree uh, with that. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Uh, John commented, any fantasy has brought me back to the genre after years of stagnation with the trad pub offerings. Hands down, my favorite book this year has been Seventh Cadence by Jim Wilborn. Okay. Love it as well. Yeah. John, mm -hmm. John, when I finished reading it and I looked to see who else had reviewed it, John's was the review that I found as well. Oh. Kind of went, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jim, cool Jim seems like a great guy. Yeah. Very cool guy. Yeah. And hey, Austin, glad you can make it. Hey, Austin. You live again, Austin. Yeah. What what's happening? You need to sort yeah. your schedule out here, you know. <laughs> priorities, Austin. Priorities. And uh, Joao, did we get? The, I don't. Did you mention the title of your book? Have you, um, or is that still, is it too early? Yeah, no. the The title is called Seeds of War. Hmm. So it's uh, I think it's a, uh, it's a bit of a not. I wouldn't say a pun, but it's like a, it has a tie into something that uh, happens in the book. Oh, that's cool. uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say too much about it, but it's. I mean, I wanted something that's uh, fairly simple for people to remember, but also tied to the book, something that's meaningful within the book, and mm. that kind of depicts the the vibe essentially. So it's kind of like something's brewing, right? Like something. Yeah. There's a big war in the horizon, and and I kind of wanted to find the title that encompasses all of that. Yeah. Yeah. If if you could go back and tell and give yourself one tip from bef before you started writing, but you, but you know now that you didn't know then, what would you tell yourself? I think is that I didn't have to listen to beta readers as much as I thought I did in the beginning. Um, yeah. I think when I first started writing uh, this book, which was almost three years ago actually now, and um, I was still very insecure as a writer at that point. Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize that there's so many people out there with an aversion to like darker fantasy. I think people, a lot of people seek out hero stories and people who are like the good guys and they want to see, you know, heroes winning versus the, the big bad people and stuff like that. And that's just not what I do and just not what I write. And, and I, I didn't realize how much taste is a factor when it comes to people uh, beta reading. So a lot of the comments that are critical uh, end up being related not to, you know, technical stuff. It's just, it's just more about their personal taste and their personal preferences. And right. I think a lot of them didn't realize that they're, they were letting their tastes dictate that. Mm -hmm. And I was trusting them as beta readers. And then until I found an actual community of people that I could trust there, they read the same genre, they, like the same kind of book so i know that their feedback when negative it's actually genuine and, and i can actually see exactly what they mean mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that, that's something that took me so long to, to get right. So I think that's what I would, what I would change is like, you know, just, you don't have to listen to these people. Also kind of what Dirk was saying earlier is like, just doing, do what you want. Uh, you know, just, just stick to your own voice. Don't try to please anyone. Just try to write the book that you want from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. 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 It is really hard to find uh, the right group of beta readers. It's yeah, it's not easy. Uh, definitely. Because it is so subjective, right? So, like, you, you need yeah. to have people that you know will like what you write and then can give you the, cor the correct type of feedback that you're looking for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. <clears throat> I would say from my first round of, like, I think I had 12 in my, my first round because I was already thinking that a lot of them would flake and, you know, like, they wouldn't finish. And I was right about that, except 90% of them flaked. So I had one that completed the book and everybody else was just like, eh, I can't read it. It's like, it's too dark. And it's like, I don't like it. Stuff like that. How did you find them? Uh, just, yeah, I think that was the problem because I was looking at Facebook. I wasn't on Twitter at that point. Okay. Hmm. Uh, but then once I moved to Twitter and I found a much more dedicated community on Twitter and Instagram, mm -hmm. and it just, it just opened up everything completely i mean i found really really good yeah. beta readers on instagram and twitter and okay. i think i think you know once once this book is out i'm gonna rely on my existing readers to to become beta readers for the second yeah. one yeah. yeah i'm definitely gonna do the same a couple of them already have shown an interest to beta read the next book so that's definitely one of the advantages like after you release the first book that you will get people that like what you do and then they can help you with the next book it's awesome yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if if they're volunteering to be beta readers, it's because they actually like it. So they will tell you if there's something that they don't like and exactly. that doesn't match yeah. the their impression. So I think it's a very very solid yeah. approach. Yeah, absolutely. Does the beta reading come after the editor usually? Is that how it? I think different people do it different or... ways. Maybe Sadir can can. Um, you know, just explain, but in my, my perception, I think people do it. There's no like one set way of doing it. Yeah. The way I did it, I did two or three rounds of edits, self edits, uh, until I was like, okay, is this something that I'm happy to show people or is it something that's still kind of garbage and I can't really show anyone yet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I ended up showing it to, uh, people after the, I think it was like the third draft. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, there there aren't any real rules to that. Uh, I also do a first draft that is m mainly me telling myself the story. Uh, and then I do a second draft where I uh, makes it look like I knew what I was doing the whole time. Uh, <laughs> and then the third draft is the one sent to beta readers, uh, and that's cleaned up a bit. And then uh, after you get the comments from the beta readers, I make a new draft and incorporate those changes. And after that, the editor uh, gets involved. So that's, yeah. that's the way I do it. So we sound like we do it the same, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically the same for me as well. Mm. I can see myself wanting to be able to read a book I hadn't or a series I hadn't read. But by the time I've read the first book, I don't want to be able to read it anymore. I mm. think I definitely mm. just want to kind of enjoy it in my own time then after it if it's a series that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely see that. I mean, one thing that is good with beta readers is like if, especially if, like if you find like aspiring 
authors and they want to see how the sausage is made so to speak you know getting involved in that process to see you know not the final product and, yeah. and you know get some confidence maybe that okay the books aren't that good in that stage <laughs> and it's fine and it's okay you know what i mean yeah. uh so, so it's a good opportunity i would say for aspiring authors to try and beta read something for someone else because that will help them develop their craft as well mm. And maybe yeah. get over that feeling that Joao was talking about of that kind of unsure kind of of what it should be doing at one stage or where it should be or you know that kind of confidence building for yourself to say actually as in most things in life people are all the same you know yeah. the person that seems super confident actually isn't always confident or wasn't always confident that kind of thing you know absolutely yeah. Yeah. i think for me one of the one of the things that really gave me confidence and and told me that you know this is actually publishable you know like i actually do something with this was the fact that one of my beta readers was a reviewer and they were very kind to just you know volunteer to be beta readers and they did a very good job and they spotted a bunch of uh, things there i still needed to fix but they also gave very very encouraging feedback and i i had been following their reviews for a while at that point and i knew that okay so if if they like this book and they also say that they like mine so it's kind of like Maybe I have something here, you know, yeah. and that was actually very, I needed that for confidence, you know, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are really important. Uh, Lada, <laughs> uh, she wants you to bottle your, your spices up. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, Lana. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy. A triple S scandal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Butter is my favorite. Thank you for writing this book. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you. Uh, John to quote Macho Man Randy Savage, the cream always rises to the top. Disappointed he didn't do the voice. I'll lose my voice if I do. I'll, I'll do it. We'll have a rain check there. Uh, Joseph. Thomas, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah I, even if I tried it, I'll lose, uh, I'll lose yeah. my voice. Uh, what's the best road for a new indie author to convince the reviewing blogging community that their books are worth looking at? That's a great question. Hmm. I don't know if I have the answer to that because I haven't been able to convince anyone because I don't have arcs yet. So, yeah. What's the best Sign road? Sign me up. Yeah. Just ask. I mean, I think that's pretty much the uh, the best thing that anybody can say. It'll be a bit trying to think, right? Yeah. Okay, this looks cool. This looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it comes in steps based on how I did it. Uh, so, you know, everyone has talked about how important covers are. You know, that is the fir usually the first thing uh, that you reveal about your book or you reveal the blurb, what the book is about, right? So you need to, like you need to hook people at different at different stages first mm -hmm. you want to be like look at this cover does it look interesting and the people are like, okay i'm interested okay what's the blurb and then if you get a good blurb then they're like okay i'm interested so then mm -hmm. when you come to the third stage of sending out arcs to people they're already on board uh so you need to do it not necessarily in that order but you need to do it i think more than once you can't just you know is, does anyone want to read this book you know, you need to have something that has enticed them to have an interest in it. And you can choose what you think will be the strong factor for uh, for your book. Yeah. 
I, I, I see now it's Joe that's asking that yeah, question. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he knows the answer to this. No, he's he's a uh, he's asking for a friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like people love his book. I see people talking about his books all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I see his books on social media pretty much every day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy how prevalent that cover is. And then this one per one person comes along and says this book is actually completely awesome. You're like, right, well, yeah, that, that's all. Any one one review is all you need to do to kind yeah. of put it all together. It's very high on my TBR list for sure because, as you can see behind me, I love superhero stuff, yeah. and I'm kind of jealous that Joe found a way <laughs> to do that successfully. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to him. Yeah, we were uh, tossing around the idea of having like a, a reviewer list, some like a mm -hmm. compilation of reviewer like a different criteria. Some have them fill out like a Google sheet, and then have you know, compile all the data and have like a spreadsheet. Hmm. on our forum so we're working on that well i'm working on that but okay. put it together yeah yeah oh that's definitely a good Sounds idea good, yeah yeah uh, eddie had a question so dear what's on your what's on your top white shelf uh let's see can oh, you guys see man. oh that's berserk isn't it yeah yeah that's nice we got guts and we got magneto standing next to each well, other just look what arrived today oh <laughs> yeah yeah i actually have rest the first two volumes in kindle and i thought right okay, okay. Steve was talking about it in the forums Did, does, that mean, does that yeah. mean you're reading with me uh, yeah for sure yeah, yeah all yeah, right yeah. oh that's awesome whenever i want to completely shatter my confidence as a storyteller i'll read berserk and then i don't want to write or do anything uh because like to me Oh my god, I love Berserk so much, and Guts is oh. Guts is probably my favorite main character of all time. The shit, wow. the shit that character goes through. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything like it ever, and I don't think we will ever, we ever will. So, yeah, you know there are those things that sometimes they're just so good that it just breaks your confidence completely. You know, uh, in your own ability, Berserk is that for me. I love oh. it. Well, I'm sure we'll be having discussions for it at some point. So, mm -hmm. okay. like to join us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Be awesome. Uh, our friend PL is here. Hey, I'll uh, hey, drop PL. in and say hi. hi to the amazing group. Hello. Uh, one of the best things about Fridays. Thank you, PL. Uh, have a great chat, gentlemen, and big hello to my page twin, Peep Steve. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for coming by, PL. Nice. Hello, the nicest guy he, you'll ever meet. Yeah, he seems like such. I was just going to say, he seems like such yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. Just the most genuine, caring, kind person. Uh, mm. He's. It's a fantastic person. Uh, Eddie had a question. As new authors, do you care about the editing process do you, or do you like to do it yourself or both? Oh, definitely both. Like you need to, yeah, you definitely need, you definitely need an editor. I wouldn't recommend anyone to publish a book ever without having an editor. Uh, but you need to learn the editing skills uh, yourself as well. Uh, and if I could just mention this, because it bothers me quite a bit. <laughs> Everybody talks about how Brandon Sanderson wrote 13 books before his first book was published, right? I'm sure you guys have heard this. Mm -hmm. yeah, what, sure. they don't, what they don't mention is that Brandon Sanderson hated editing. So he just finished the draft, and then he didn't want to edit it, so he went on to the next one. You know, So like for 13 books or whatever, he didn't, he di he didn't invest in picking up that vital skill that you need. You, know, you mm -hmm. can't write without editing. Uh, so it's immensely important uh, and then you need the extra eyes uh, and skills to come in at a later stage to help you because at that point you become blind it's so many pages, so many words 
it's all you know you're too close to it you need you need the assistance yeah for sure yeah i couldn't agree more i think it's it's basically a recipe for a disaster not having an editor because yeah. as as good as you think you are at editing your own stuff you're never as good as a qualified legit editor who knows what they're doing and yeah. has been doing it every day for years and years and years yeah i can guarantee that and yeah. i think it that's actually pretty evident and and just uh i had one of my recent short stories edited uh just like this week and i thought the story was really solid i was like super confident about the story and mm. and the edits are just like so extensive on every single page and it just made <laughs> the story so much better yeah. and i was just blown away by it so i think yeah. editing is just it's just crucial in every yeah. possible way it really is yeah I just want to give a shout out to Sarah Chorn. She was mm -hmm. the editor I worked with for the crew, and I'm gonna work with her on the next book. Uh, she's also editing and... mine as well. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So uh, she's excellent. Great. Highly recommended. Not only is she an excellent editor, she's an awesome author too. Um, yes. I, I loved uh, Seraphina's Lament, one of my yeah. favorites of this last year. Yeah. I talked with her yesterday, and I called her the breaker of hearts. That's her. Like she breaks. <laughs> like she breaks people. You know. Yeah. With, yeah. And and uh, we, we talked about different styles. You know, finding your author voice and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we joked around that I was the weird. I'm the weird guy, and she's the breaker of hearts. We're building our own superhero team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eddie commented, Joe, uh, read a Dead Man yesterday. I loved it. Uh, like the way you think. Thank you. Thanks. That's, uh, that's very nice. That, uh, Dead Man, just for, for those who don't know, it's my the short story that I offer for those who sign up to my mailing, mailing list. Mm. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a short story. I think it's only like two to 3,000 words. Yeah. Mm. Did you write that? Did you, did you write that before the novel or after? After. After. Yeah. And is it like a pre? Yeah. Is it like a prequel thingy? Uh, not not yet. So I, I have a prequel planned as well. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, but but this one is uh, it's kind of adjacent. So I wouldn't say it's the same timeline and the same. Uh, it, it, it's quite it's quite different. It's it's a very much more of a character exploration uh, oh, okay. than than. Uh, you know the full-fledged story it's it's not really about the same characters in the same world and oh, I mean, it okay. is the same world but it's not really about the world yeah okay, okay. okay. so you can read it before or after the novel yeah, you can read it yeah, yeah you can there's I, I that's one of the thing one of the things i wanted to do is like i didn't want to put anything out that people needed to read before they need mm. read other stuff like mm. i want i want everything i write to be almost like a standalone in a way like even even the seeds of war i think it's still really important to me that it's satisfying in, in its own, even though yeah. it's uh, even though it's the first in the series. Yeah, yeah. I've I've committed the cardinal sin of not offering my subscribers anything for signing up to my Steam, <laughs> to my newsletter. I don't have a prequel story because I couldn't find anything that felt that I felt would fit. You know, I want mm. the crew to be the first thing that they read of mine. I don't. Yeah, and I think that will tell them if they like it or not. I couldn't find I couldn't find a way in, you know, like having a prequel or having like a side story or anything. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. I mean, so, you yeah. can always. I think you can always add it later if you yeah. if you want. If you don't want, I yeah. think that's fine as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good for it's it's good for drawing in subscribers, right? To, to your newsletter and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't say that I, I can't say that I've had a lot so far, but I think 
you know, it's it's definitely been enough to to have a few. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, just I mean, I I saw Eddie's tweet about it today or yesterday. I mean, just getting the buzz going, you know, at this stage because you've put something out there. That's a good. That's a good move. Yeah, that's that's basically the reason I did it. Is yeah. I just want to get you know my name out there <laughs> while yeah. people wait for Seeds of War. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're doing well, Am. Thanks. And with all the um, kind of social media, it could, you know, a pl- platform can disappear tomorrow. So having a newsletter or having a mailing list is very, very important. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, we've, we've all seen the, the shit show that's been going on at Twitter. So, <laughs> oh, man. Try not to look. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use it less and less slightly. Yeah. No, don't. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm not going in. I'm not going anywhere from Twitter. I'll. I'll be like the. You know, the orchestra on the Titanic as the ship sinks. Uh, that's. I'll, I'll, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll check in like once a day or so, but that's about about yeah. as much as I'll do there. Yeah. Uh, Bo had a question. Hey, Sadir, how does one become your beta reader for the sequel? Asking for a friend. <laughs> you have the first name Bo and the surname Kelly. <laughs> And uh, and Eddie's uh, he's volunteering. Oh, nice! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Fantastic. Eddie's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ali. Uh, <laughs> Magneto versus Xavier is all over your book. Hmm. Is it? Interesting. That is interesting. That isn't the connection I would make straight away. Can you? Can you? Can you develop that? Can you? Uh, hmm. But uh, but it has me intrigued, you see now, because yeah, if he's say, if he if he's saying yes and you're saying no, then that's the inquisitive part of my brain that goes right. But I have to read this book like, immediately. Okay. <laughs> to kind of, kind of it's yeah. nearly a better thing than the blurb to kind of disagree and say, yeah. "Oh, you seen that?" And, uh, hmm, that's interesting. Which, which side of the argument you fall on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And chilled milk and honey. Yeah, yeah. The main character, that's the main character's favorite drink. He orders one from, I think it's the first uh, first or second sentence in the book. And uh, apparently that is some kind of uh, drink that Eddie is very familiar with where he lives in the States uh, or something. It has uh, its roots from Latin America or something. So he laughed a lot, he la- he laughed a lot when he found that. I didn't know that. Uh, so it was cool. Nice. And I see all the all the X Men books in your in your on your yeah. shelves. What's your favorite X Men arc? Oh, Putting you on the spot here. Yeah. Uh... God damn it! <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, I'll go with something a bit out of left field, but I I'm a really big fan of the Age of Apocalypse uh, hmm. arc. I know that some people don't like it, but I like it. Uh, yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I love all of them. I love all of them. A lot of omnibus behind you. Yes. Every now and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good choice. What is your choice? I was thinking as I was asking you, um, (laughs) I think think I might have to go with something Claremont. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, um, not for sure, but yeah. Yeah, maybe Dark Phoenix or... um, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is Dark Phoenix. Or I was a big. I haven't reread a lot of those arcs now, but mm-hmm. 
when I was like 13, Extinction Agenda was really good. When it yeah. had all the, yeah. the crossover, yeah. that was really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That's but, a straight up 90s right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, you, you go back and read some of that stuff, though, like the 90s, and it's like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you still have the nostalgia factor, right? That yeah. is uh, like, if you have a core memory tied to those things, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I collect these. It, they make me happy, right? I know that yeah. I can read better comics, but they make me, they remind <laughs> me of that time in my life. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, have that nostalgia. But sometimes you go back and it's like, where are their feet? Or why do they have so many pockets? You know. <laughs> Very interesting artistic choices. Yeah. yeah. Really fun but, time but, in comics, though. I was going to say important, though, because they obviously kept you reading comics. You know what I mean? If you didn't have those stories at those times, regardless of how much maligned you think they are now, yeah. they were part of your process and your journey, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And did were you a comic book reader? when you were younger or even now uh not not really i think my my parents were a bit prejudiced against comics and they were like well if you want to read read books so there was always a question of what book do you want how can we get you to read more so it was so i read a bunch of uh i read a lot of fantasy but i grew up in portugal so we didn't really have a, a very thriving um selection of uh, fantasy and sci-fi books growing up i think it's getting much better now uh, to be fair Mm. but but growing up it wasn't it wasn't a thing so we had a lot of lord of the rings so i devoured that probably like three times back to back um you know pairing it up with the movies and and everything um as a kid i also really liked aragon uh but now i i see a lot of the the issues that people find later on um Mm. yeah but no comics i i didn't really read a lot of comics i think i I, I like graphic novels. I think more now. I appreciate them more, but I usually go for the more independent ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not something I read all the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't read any modern uh, Marvel or DC. <laughs> I I read the stuff from the eighties, seventies, sixties, nineties, two thousand, and that's kind of where I draw the line uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to the two big publishers, right? Uh, then you need to after that point the indie wave of uh, you know robert kirkman and uh, a bunch of other really innovative authors created cool comic books you know the walking dead and uh, all of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i would say for me the exception would be v for vendetta i think it was a a, a a comic that i that i picked up um when i was probably in a very interesting age like i was like 15 or 16 Mm. And I was just starting to form all my ideas of like morality and like, mm. you know, like justice and things like that. And I think it was a very formative read for me yeah. uh, before mm. Vendetta. Yeah. yeah. Alan Moore is, uh, he might be my favorite author of all time, like regardless of medium, to be honest with you. Yeah. Watchmen, yeah. Watchmen was that for me. Uh, yeah. He's excellent. I love all very, of them. Very yeah. solid choice that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, and also he's, is... also he's a crazy guy. Oh yeah, he's in, <laughs> he's insane, but he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's a little little off his rocker, but he's yeah he's great. Really, yeah. really great oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Swamp some, thing, Swamp yeah. thing. We need yeah. to mention Swamp thing. I haven't read that arc yet. Yeah. Okay. I need to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One of these days I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's like Image has some great. Like, they're pumping out great stuff. Oh yeah, um, even like stuff that Grant Morrison does, or um, mm-hmm. 
like Nameless. I don't know if you guys have read Nameless. Nameless. I think it's Morrison. Uh, okay. it's like a, it was like a four issue series. It's okay. bonkers. Okay. It's just crazy, but okay. it's brilliant. No, I'm no, a bit really tired cool. of Morrison, to be honest with you. I've had mm. my full fill of Morrison uh, for a while. I need to step away for a bit. Uh... <laughs> nice. But I love I love some of his stuff. But sometimes he goes uh, way out there in a way that uh, I don't know. I lose interest a bit. Yeah. yeah. Or even like the last. I think the last like. DC Marvel thing I was into is like Blackest Night. That was mm. that was pretty good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jeff John. That was that was yeah. about the end of it. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did any of you read manga growing up, or like even now? It's well, aside from just having berserk beside me, but uh, <laughs> uh, my my son's very into manga at the moment and has that that churning through. And, and looking at the bookshelf in the bookstore and kind of going, I just need all of them. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, I just think the return of money for manga is the problem where I where I have, where you buy something and you burn through it within yep. minutes, what it feels like. Um, mm. But yeah, I seem, yeah. To, I seem to draw over the art in like an image comic or a vertigo or something much more mm. than, than I would say in a manga. Mm. Yeah, Berserk will be my first manga. Okay, yeah. all right. Oh, that's cool. No, I, I started reading manga at probably when I was around 10 years old or something. Naruto, oh. uh, One Piece. Uh, yes, no, I did. Yeah, Fist of the North Stars. I'm forgetting now. But yeah, I started. Basically, comics and manga went side by side uh, for me. But then, then I started watching anime when I became like 13 years old or something, and I saw the movie Fist of the North Star, and that completely blew my mind because it was the most violent thing that I had ever seen. <laughs> Is it worse than Dragon Ball Z? Oh, yeah, they're, they're not even comparable, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Watching, watching Fist of the North Star at age like 11 or 12, it's like, wow. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan commented, Steve will always have a meeting yeah, place for us all. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. come on by. Come on by the forums. Uh, Joseph commented, original Dark Phoenix saga has never been beaten. Fight me. <laughs> uh, I don't want to fight you, Joe. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just nod and agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would sure. probably, I, I mean, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, uh, God hates man kills. You remember that hmm. story arc? Chris Claremont. Don't. No, I don't think what? So. You don't? I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, God, God hates man kills or something like that. It was the first time like they really made it political, like a president candidate going after right. mutants, and it was really like uh, drawing back to the uh, civil unrest in the '60s and '70s in the U.S. and like elevated you know, the storyline to uh, to new heights, I would say. I think it's called God ha- God Hates Man yeah, Kills. Uh, yeah. God, uh, God Loves Man Kills. Oh, there we have it. Yeah, yeah. Adding that, adding that to the list. Yeah. That still holds up. That still holds up today. Yes. Uh, Helena's here. Uh, the Walking Dead comics are amazing. Yeah, they were really good. A lot, much better yeah. than the TV show. Don't get me started on that. I never finished watching the TV show, but I kind of no. want to go back and watch it. Oh, isn't like it the, the TV show? I feel like the TV show. It's always like 
starts with a banger and then mm-hmm. nothing happens for 45 minutes and then in the last five minutes they give you a hook for you to watch the next one mm-hmm. yeah. the problem is i stopped watching it before nagan joined and That's i really want because i love that character and i want to see how they portrayed him in the tv show wasn't it good it's not good i stopped just at the end of the prison because the prison to me on the screen was just nowhere near as effective as it was on the page and mm. I was like, ah, oh, right, okay. I think I'm probably out of this. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it did this around season four or five, yeah, right? Around that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, what happened with that series is what happens with most series that were really blow up like that is they take a, a story that should be this big and then they yeah. stretch it out to be this big because they keep want to, you know, they want to keep it going as long yeah. as they can. But it also has that old format of TV shows, right? With 24 episodes or something per season. Yeah, that's right. Because that's stretched out yeah. over the whole year. Yeah, that does, like, people are people are way past that now. Like, yeah, yeah it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helena had a question. What's the best uh, to start with manga? It depends on taste, right? I think yeah. if it's... Uh... I think when I started as a teen, I would I start with Naruto and Bleach, mm-hmm. uh, but mm. I think I think other people started with different stuff, yeah. depending on depending on age and taste and things like that. Yeah, the thing with manga, it's so broad, like it's so crazy how many different subgenres and different styles, and they're so innovative as well. Uh, I'm sure that whatever you're interested in you can find a manga that suits that taste i would say uh for sure i I would do the classic thing which is find an anime watch a couple of episodes of the anime and see if the general tone and because as you said uh, you know some of them are so violent you know maybe that's the thing that completely turns you off yeah yeah about it and and there's quite a lot of them so you know it's definitely something that that i think the genre revels in in some places you know yeah uh that kind of goes through something that might be very palatable for some like demon slayer or something that even a modern kind of one might mm-hmm. other people might be like no 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 no. yeah it's too, that's gruesome yeah. yeah i quite like demon slayer i would say if people looking for modern suggestions i would i would say that's a good one yeah i haven't watched i haven't watched it or read it so i don't know but people seem to love it yeah is that the one with the, the with the with the boar boar character yeah. yes that's yeah. yes that's him yeah. okay yeah uh, Eddie had a question. Have you guys read the Red Rising uh, Red Rising Sun of Aries? I have not. Not, not for me know? either. Well, I don't know what is that, that is. That's about the, I think, is that some sort of prequel about the origins of the Son of Aries? I think that's the... Is that a manga, read, or, manga or comic book or what? what is yeah, it? Yeah, I think uh, so. It is oh. a six-issue six comic book series published by Dynamite Entertainment in 2017. I haven't it's a prequel. Heard of that it's thing. a prequel to the Red Rising science fiction Ooh. series by Pierce, by Pierce Brown. Oh yeah, I remember now that they did some sort of comic book tied to the series. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't, uh, hmm. I haven't read it. Uh, Joseph okay. uh, Naruto is my jam. Don't reread the Fist of North Star. It will hurt your soul. <laughs> Berserk is amazing. I, that. I almost want to go out and grab my. I'm collecting uh, the Fist of the North Star volumes because they're publishing them now in hardcover. Uh, so I have them on my shelf. I don't plan to read them, but I love. Them. <laughs> like I, I know how bad they are. I know how bad they are. But just seeing the covers and they're like 80s masculinity, toxic masculinity. I would probably add. Uh, it's just 
it's just fun. Uh, it brings back so many memories for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't, don't worry, Joe. I don't plan on rereading it. Uh, thanks, Joseph. Added both to my TBR, and I think we'll be starting Berserk uh, January next month. You, t- sometime, Adam. you tell me, Steve. Let's just soon. Soon. What's another book to add to my pile? <laughs> What's another I'm, book? I'm just gonna say with Berserk. Yeah, pro- you probably heard this right, but it starts off a bit rough. Hmm. Uh, so just keep that in mind. I think the sh- the series started like back in '87 or '86 hmm. or something, and he. Uh, uh, the author really grows, uh, so reach the golden age arc. Uh, you probably heard people I've say heard that, that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you will experience something that is quite unique. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that, so thank you for the, mm. the advice, uh, Jordan. Yeah. Comment. My my favorite manga is anime. My favorite manga and anime is Death Note. I love Death Note. Death I actually have the first, first two volumes over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't read it or watched it. I don't know why. Uh, it blew my mind. And I, I actually think the most angry I ever was as a younger person was when a certain character was killed off in, in, the, in that series. So I was like, no. you can't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was the down point for the for the whole yeah, manga for me. Yeah, does, for me does too. It, does it still hold up today if I would read it or watch it? Um. I would yeah, say so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, do. Okay. I do think so. I, I actually went back and reread the first kind of three issues of it mm-hmm. not that long ago and went, yeah, okay, because it was kind of proofreading it for my son at the time. Oh, going, okay, yeah, this because yeah. they were looking at a good place to start, you know, that I had and I had a couple of issues sitting there and I went, yeah, go for that. Hmm. Um, but like, yeah. it, like Joao says, like when that happens, I don't know. I was like, yeah. you just ruined the best part of the entire series yeah. for me oh, yeah. <laughs> I, often, I, I often find myself using a gif from death note you know when he's writing fast mm-hmm. and, you know yeah. you know that one yeah yeah i've used that so many times when it comes to writing stuff but i've never seen the show yeah. it, it, it is think, a great that... sorry go ahead yeah, Charles, the, i was just saying that when when that character died it could have been a very interesting turning point yeah. for, but it could have been like actually real like next level but they they just took it into a direction that I don't think it made much sense. Yeah. Kind of they, ruined it. They yeah. threw away what oh, I don't know. Let's not go into it. Let, let let's do it someday. Let's talk <laughs> about it someday because yeah, it, it yes, hurts. Let's do that. Yeah. So it's it, Tom always flies doing these, but um, bef- I always like to ask all the guests a uh, couple of one question in particular. But uh, Sadir, if you want to start us off, what was your first job? My first job was uh, because I've seen the show before, so I've all okay. I've thought about this. I've thought okay. about this before, right? All right? So my first job, which isn't as fun, is I worked as a dishwasher at a restaurant. But my second job was as a bouncer, hmm. uh, which is was made more fun and more. I have more exciting stories from that job than I did from oh. washing. <laughs> please, please, please tell us about one. No, I mean I did. I mean they're not that exciting. It's just that uh-huh. my bro- my friend's uh, brother owned a rest uh, owned a club, and uh, I looked older than I was, uh, <laughs> and he needed someone <laughs> at the door. Uh, so uh, yeah, so he brought me on to be a bouncer, and you end up in interesting situations when people mm. are drunk and misbehave and. Uh, you have to get a bit rough <laughs> at hmm. times. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. I was way too young to do it, though. That was the yeah. most fun part. No? <laughs> How long did it take you to get comfortable with 
having to put your hands on people or having to be uh, kind of assert yourself or kind of uh, have that presence? How, how was how hard was that to get into it? Uh, without getting too deep into a completely unrelated subject, but I wasn't unfamiliar with that sort of lifestyle before I had that job. Uh, growing up as an immigrant in Sweden, uh, I knew violence early on on the streets. Right. So, uh, so it was part of, it was part of, <laughs> probably why I got the job. To be honest with you, mm. yeah, I think that played in played a factor. Yeah, nice. yeah. And Joao, what about you? What was your first job and what can you tell us about it? Uh, my first job was as a journalist back in Portugal. Oh, uh, so I, I worked as a sports broadcast journalist for the kind of like the Portuguese equivalent of the BBC, which is uh, it's called RTP. Um, I was only there for a year and it was basically a uh, internship but i got to i got to do actually a lot of fun stuff i went to the london olympics uh and hmm. yeah so I, I did a lot of fun stuff with the with the job it's it's actually it's actually interesting because the sports journalism community is actually very tight-knit it reminds me a lot of the indie scene uh hmm. in fantasy hmm. yeah it's quite it's quite interesting yeah i don't really have a lot of fun stories to tell about it but it's yeah it was, it was fun that's a really cool job though to have as yeah. your first thing to be a journalist yeah wow. my father is a journalist was a journalist oh, nice. uh, yeah retired journalist whatever you call it yeah nice. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a it's an interesting uh career choice it's not one that's known for you know wealth of any kind which i think is why a lot of people <laughs> jump jump out when when they reach a certain age it's like you can't yeah. make enough money so we just mm. jump off but, yeah. mm -hmm. and I, I don't want to put you in the spot because i know and you know it's when you have your book coming out it's you, you don't want to promise anything but when can we expect some updates or uh for those of us waiting for your book when kind of what's your plan what when can we hear when can we expect to hear some news or some updates yeah so i'm 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 planning to slow feed news and updates to to people pretty much so that i can always have something every week pretty much uh in a non-committal way but pretty much every week i have something new even if it's just like here look at the map or look at the bookmarks that i made and stuff like that hmm. um i'm planning to do a cover reveal probably in a month's time so i want to come back from christmas with my parents and have a kind of a chill way in uh, in getting into 2023 uh, relaxed way and then i'm going to do a cover reveal i already have some plans for that yes and the book and the the pre-order should should not be too far too, too far away from that so i'm i'm thinking mid january and yeah and then the book i'm if if everything goes right should be early 2023 i don't want to give specific <laughs> dates but early early 2023 cool yeah. do, do, do you have the cup is, is the cover done already you're just sitting on it yeah it's done yeah, yeah. oh wow yeah that's amazing uh, that's exciting yeah, yeah. How, hard, how hard is that to not just want to tell everyone about it is that tough it is it is but it also i know that i need to limit myself and just kind of keep it <laughs> quiet yeah. because yeah. i know yeah. that it's going to be a big factor i think usually the cover like samir was saying or uh, samir mm -hmm. was saying earlier if if the cover is one of the main things that draw people in mm. i want to kind of tie that with opening up the, the pre-orders so like if i put out the cover then 
you know, people will click on the pre-order button, hopefully. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I did. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, definitely. The, uh, the pre-order was closely related to when I did the cover reveal. So yeah, you have to be you have cool. to be strategic about these things. Yeah. I have a, I have a schedule kind of. I mean, it's not super fixed, but I have a schedule that I need to kind of stick very, to if, if I want things to go a certain way. Yeah. Are you planning to enter? Sorry, are you planning to enter the SPFBO next year then? I definitely am. Yeah, I mean, okay. that, that's one of the main uh, reasons why I, I decided early twenty twenty three is mm. probably the best time so that I can still. Uh, run for the one uh, for the yeah. 2023 yeah. edition yeah yeah, yeah cool yeah. yeah i'll also be doing that so it's fun we, we can have anxiety together about it. <laughs> sounds, good, yeah. Yeah. sounds good yeah i mean yeah, it's always man. better to share with somebody else yeah. yeah i know a couple of other authors is also joining so we can have like our therapy uh, therapy sessions uh, or something sounds you know? good yeah. join have sign a, me up yeah. yeah have a support group yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eddie had a question. Uh, who was the winner of the map giveaway? Uh, I haven't actually selected the random winner yet. So like, I, I've closed, I closed, I closed the giveaway, but I haven't done the random selector. So I, need, I will inform the winner. Uh, yeah, I think Eddie has a probably a good chance of, of getting it if, if that's <laughs> what he's asking about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I missed that one. So, uh, so Sadir, uh, where can people find you if they want to connect with you, find your book, learn more about you? Where can they sign up for the for your newsletter? Uh, my website, just sadirsamir.com is probably the easiest way, or just Google my name and you will find me and my socials and stuff. But yeah, the the website, I'd probably say. Congrats on the crew. It's done. It seems. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everyone loves it. So congrats on, on the success of it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I'm I'm humbled and uh, beyond happy with the reception. Uh, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. And Joao, where can people uh, find out more about you? Connect with you. Where's the best place to find you? Hopefully everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been uh, I've been trying to be present pretty much anywhere. There's uh, SFF fans. Uh, I know that the, the website is still kind of my main hub. It, it kind of ties to everything I'm doing. And the people always recommend you should name your website. It's like you're, you're, you know, draw people in there and they, they can go from there. And so, yeah, you can, you can, you can check my website, but I'm also Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, the, the whole, the whole shebang. Do you do TikTok as well? I do, yeah. I mean, I don't okay, dance or wow. anything like that. But oh, <laughs> uh, I should dance. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's that's planned for the next uh, for the next videos. But yeah, I'm, I'm not planning on doing any dances or anything like that. But I mean, it, people say you also should be on TikTok. So I've, I've been trying to listen to people and just doing some wacky video editing with just some flat images and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, if you can have fun with it, then, uh, then yeah. why, then why not? Uh, I just feel that I, I can't get into Instagram or TikTok at this stage in my life. I'm too old. I don't have the energy or the time. You know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, but that's gonna have to be it. You know, uh, I can't. I can't. It's, <laughs> yeah, they're, it's they're fair very enough. Time consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can be a massive drain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris, where can people find find you in? 
Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to make a video sometime soon like dear god it's been nearly a month but uh once i do it'll be on the youtube channel which is just at my name or on twitter at seven o'clock shadow cool. cool thanks to all of you for hanging out tonight i really appreciate you taking the, i know you're busy have books to read and things to do so thanks yeah. for hanging out and just uh kind of shooting the shooting the breeze thank you guys it's yeah. been absolutely awesome thanks for the invite thanks you for thank you for everything that you guys do as well and uh, Jiao lovely to meet you in person as well yeah this was so yeah. much fun man yeah same thanks thanks very much steve and, and chris and Sadir. It's lovely meeting you all and it's it's been a pleasure yeah yeah let's uh let's do it again soon for right. sure thanks absolutely for, yeah. yeah yeah thanks everyone in the chat for hanging out with us and have a great weekend we'll see you next week thanks everyone take care